Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bennett. I'm the host of the podcast and uh, manager of BT Powerhouse, and we're continuing on with our season preview series, breaking down all 14 teams in the Big Ten. I, I think we're about halfway through now, maybe uh, maybe a little bit further than that, but somewhere around the middle. Um, and we've come to one of our more interesting previews of the year, at least in my opinion. Uh, I probably say that about everybody, but <laughs> oh well. Uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, and to help us break them down, we have Matt. Uh, Matt, how's it going? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Yeah, we appreciate it. I think this is the first time we've had you on. Uh, so if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, uh, let people know and let people know where they can check you out. Yeah, I am uh, the managing editor over at LandGrantHolyLand.com, the SB Nation blog for Ohio State. Um, if you are interested in following me on Twitter for whatever reason, uh, I'm at BWWMATT. Um, we have a lot of great stuff planned for the college basketball season. Obviously, we are in the thick of football right now, but we always have an eye on basketball season, especially with everything that Chris Holtman's done in the last few years. We are still very much excited about what's going to happen on the hardwood this fall. Definitely. And why don't we start, you know, right there? Uh, you know, it's been uh, two years now with with Holtman in charge. Um, I think generally speaking, he's he's probably overachieved uh, two NCAA <laughs> tournament appearances, two round of 32 appearances. Uh, considering the the last couple of years of Thad Mata's tenure, um, I I don't think many would have expected uh, his his record that he's put up in his first two seasons. So, what is the feeling uh, about Hol- Holtman? Do you agree uh, with that consensus? Um, and what what's the general vibe, I guess, uh, among the Buckeye community coming into the season? Well, first off, I think you were very generous for saying the they generally <laughs> overachieved. I think um, the first season coming in to his reign after Thad Mata quote unquote retired um, the expectations weren't super high. They they were coming off a couple of bad seasons under Thad and didn't have a ton of new talent on the team. So there wasn't a ton of expectations, but then you have a phenomenal historic season for Kata Bates Diop, who was able to take the team really within a couple weeks of winning the big 10 regular season crown. They end up going into the NCAA tournament as a fairly high seed. They did get bounced on their second game, but a very positive season uh, from there. Last year, with Kata Basti up gone, with Jay Sean Tate gone, the expectations were even lower than they had been the previous year. But somehow, out of sheer force of will, pretty solid play, they were able to make the tournament. And, And that was not something that a lot of Ohio State people were predicting maybe they'd have a chance to finish in the middle of the Big Ten. They ended up significantly overachieving last year and really kind of putting into perspective how good a coach Chris Holtman is. I think that folks in Columbus and around Buckeye Nation really like Chris Holtman. He's a guy who seems to, you know, just be a a, a hardworking guy who doesn't necessarily want a ton of attention. He really has focused on not only 
doing the thing that a lot of Ohio State coaches and a lot of sports say. We want to keep the Ohio talent in state, but he's also really made an effort to reach out to Buckeyes of previous generations, whether that's during a Thad Mata generation, going back to Randy Ayers or even before, because he understands he's not an Ohio State guy, uh, but those connections to the program are very valuable, and, and I think that's endeared him to a lot of Ohio State fans. And what he's been able to do on the floor in the first two years helped. What he's been able to do in recruiting, especially with this 2019 freshman class, has been phenomenal. So from a personality standpoint, he's been great. From the off-the-court things that he's done, he's been beloved. What he's been doing on the floor has been fantastic, and he plays a brand, or he coaches a brand of basketball that's very fundamentally sound. It's not too focused on stars. It is a very team game, even when you had someone like KBD a couple of years ago. Uh, who, who was the Big Ten Player of the Year, he was a cog in a team-focused system, both on offense and defense. And that has allowed them to kind of perhaps, like you said, overachieve because it's not focused on one player. And if one player, player is shut down, they aren't able to win on, on any given night. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, and I uh, apologize for maybe underselling it a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no, no. I, I appreciate the uh, the sentimentality of that. Not not trying to be too hard on me on the first appearance. Um, yeah, Ohio State having you know two NCAA tournament appearances in a row, as you mentioned, the first year in, in contention for the Big Ten title. Last season, the start really hot, fade a little bit through what was a brutal Big Ten schedule, but still get it back on track. They beat Indiana the Big Ten tournament and then respond with a big win over Iowa State, probably the best of the season in the NCAA tournament. So hard to hard to complain too much about that, but uh, but with that, enough enough living in the past. Let, let's get to this season. Um, Ohio State is losing some some players this this off season. They're losing Jackson. They're losing Woods. Um, could you just talk a, a little bit about what's leaving the roster and sort of how how you expect that to impact the team? And moreover, uh, Ohio State is adding a talented recruiting class this year. So sort of who's out the door and who's coming in uh, for this season. Yeah, the two guys you mentioned, uh, C.J. Jackson and Keyshawn Woods, were primarily Ohio State's, I guess, point guards last year. It's kind of hard because they rotated a lot about who brought, uh, brought the ball up the floor. And like I said, it's it's a fairly interchangeable system that Holtman runs. But as good as those players were, I think a lot of Ohio State players liked him because they, for, in different reasons, but especially C.J. Jackson, since he'd been there longer, um, was able to show some flashes they weren't necessarily the types of guards that you necessarily think of when you're saying, I want this guy or this type of guy to run the offense for my team. They were solid. They could do some things, but they weren't necessarily players who you really feel super worried about when they do graduate. Um, and what's interesting about that and why that probably is true is because one of the reasons that, that I mean, really the stated reason from Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith about why he thought it was time, despite the fact that Thad Mata was the winningest coach in program history, why it was time for him to kind of wrap it up is because the recruiting that Thad had been doing in the last few years of his tenure had really suffered. And it, it got to a point where, for a lot of different reasons, Thad, as a lot of people might know, has a lot of chronic back injuries. He wasn't able to travel as much. Um, the recruiting was pretty bad. In fact, they lost an entire recruiting class to transfer. I believe it was the 2015 season. Every single player in that class transferred after one or two years. And so they were left having to focus on a lot of young players, which goes into some of that overachieving that we talked about earlier. The expectations were low because no one really knew who the heck was going to be on the floor and if they could live up to kind of some of the, the hype, hype that they had coming out of high school. 
So this year, they only have one senior on the entire roster, and that's Andre Wesson. He is the older brother of Caleb Wesson, who's kind of a much more ballyhooed player. What's interesting is, is that Andre, when you're talking about talent, is probably going to be towards the bottom in terms of just sheer athletic talent. But I've been saying this for a couple of years, both on the site and, and on our podcast, that I think he's really the, the heart and soul and, and the glue of this team. Back in that 2017 season, he kind of had a really big coming out party. Ohio State went on the road to West Lafayette to play a very highly ranked Purdue team. And Ohio State was expected to. It, it was towards the beginning of the Big Ten slate, maybe late January, early February. I think it was early February. And everybody thought that this was going to be Ohio State's first eye-opening experience where they were going to be shown to be a team that had a really good start, but they couldn't compete with the big boys. Uh, younger brother Caleb Wesson got into some foul trouble early on, as he is wont to do. And Andre, who is all of 6'6", started guarding, and I can't think of the player's name, you might remember, the, the seven-foot white dude from Purdue, um, who was a senior a couple seasons ago. Um, either way, he uh, Caleb or, uh, Andre ended up guarding him and shutting him down in the second half. He had like two points in the second half. And that was really Andre's coming out party. And ever since then, he has been the not necessarily heir apparent to like an Aaron Kraft kind of glue hustle guy, but in that same vein where he's the guy that does every little thing that you need somebody to do on both offense and defense without necessarily being the most athletic player. So he's going to be a leader on this team. He's going to be a starter, but he's not going to be the most athletic player. I mentioned Caleb. Uh, Caleb is by far the most talented player on this team, um, at least from the guys who are coming back. Uh, His question is always going to be if he can stay on the floor, whether that's through being able to stay out of foul trouble or his conditioning. The reports are that he's in the best shape of his life. Um, he flirted with going to the NBA uh, after last season. I think it was more just to kind of get a glimpse. I don't think he actually had any real inclinations of going because he wasn't going to be drafted. Uh, but I think the reports were that he's just not in the physical shape to be able to compete or to get drafted. Could probably go overseas if he wanted to, but I think he really wants to go to the NBA. So he's really con- committed himself to getting in shape. And he'd done that in previous years. He'd actually... Uh, coming into high school or coming out of high school was in great shape, got sick uh, during the summer and was actually laid up for like two months in the summer before his first season. Then he got injured before his sophomore season. Um, so it's not like he's been lazy. It's just kind of been bad luck during the off season that hasn't let him get in great shape, but he's going to be hopefully in the best shape of his life and be able to stay on the floor. So the Wesson brothers are going to be at the center. You have some up the, the other juniors, Kyle Young, Musa Jallo, uh, C.J. Walker is a transfer from Florida State who sat out last year. Um, those guys are going to be in the mix, too. I'm not sure how much I expect from them, uh, but the sophomores are great. Justin Arns, Luther Muhammad uh, is, I think, the most all-around talented player. He's probably more of a defensive first guard. He's fantastic. Dwayne Washington, uh, Dwayne Washington Jr. had a great uh, freshman season in terms of shooting the ball, and he was hot from uh, from from outside for about like three weeks where he seemed like he didn't miss from three-point land. Uh, so I would imagine those guys to take a step forward now that, especially because Muhammad and Washington are guards and Jackson and Woods are gone. Uh, and then it gets to the freshmen. They have three top 45 freshmen coming in. They were the number one recruiting class in the Big Ten, according to 24-7 sports composite rankings. Um, they have DJ Carton, who is probably going to get some run as, as, a, as potentially even the starting point guard with C.J. Walker. Got Alonzo Gaffin, who's a small forward. EJ Liddell is a power forward. Those are the three top 45 guys. Then they got a guy who's a project. He's actually originally from Senegal, 
moved to Pennsylvania to play high school ball, ended up in, in Florida and California playing at some of the academies. He's a seven-footer, Ibrahima Diallo. Um, so a lot of a lot of exciting stuff going with the freshman class. I don't know necessarily that Diallo, the seven-footer, is going to play a whole lot uh, early on. I think Liddell might be the one at power forward who might not have as many opportunities to play because of guys like Caleb Wesson, Andre Wesson, Kyle Young in front of him. But I would expect to see Alonzo Gaffney and, and especially DJ Carton really compete for some playing time. And I think Carton could have a shot to actually steal that starting job and maybe push C.J. Walker to the number two, uh, number two guard position sometime you know, a month or so into the season. Yeah, yeah. A couple things. I, I think the big man you're, you were thinking of with regard to Purdue is Isaac Haas uh, yes, from, okay, from a couple years back. Um, with regard to, you know, the guys that are Ohio State's losing, the guys they're bringing in, um, really, I, I think generally speaking, Ohio State got off pretty well as far as departures go. For an NCAA tournament team to be only losing players like Jackson, uh, Woods, and then, uh, you know, a couple guys who didn't really contribute much. Uh, right. I think that's a pretty good <laughs> pretty good hand, all, all things considered. Um, and the recruiting class coming in, as you mentioned, Tops in the Big Ten as far as the overall class rating on 24-7 goes. Very good class. Um, I'll, I'll throw out the hot take. I think Carton's going to start from day one uh, at the point guard position. I think he, he's going to be in the running for all Big Ten. Uh, freshman team this year, I really like his game. He's a guy who was targeted by just about every Big Ten power out there. Uh, he, he picked the yeah. Buckeyes. Um, so I, I think he he's going to be a dynamic player. He, he's a two-way guy. He can play on both sides of the floor, which is rare to see in, in a true freshman. So uh, I, I like his game a lot. And then, of course, you know, as you mentioned, a couple other guys who aren't going to be expected to contribute a lot early on, you know, guys like Gaffney and, and Liddell. Uh, but that's great for Ohio State because, you know, they can develop for a month or two. And then in when Big Ten play pops around, one of them is probably going to emerge and be in the rotation somewhere. So it's a it's a great situation as far as the depth chart is concerned. Uh, for me, I, I think this roster on paper, you know, of course, we always got to reiterate that, uh, but <laughs> on paper is significantly better than the one last year because I think they added a lot. I think they lost two guys who, with all due respect to Jackson and Woods, are very replaceable. Um, yeah, Jackson, I thought... Yeah, yeah, they were nice, solid players, um, but they were not going to be carrying you to a Final Four or anything to to put things uh, as delicately as we can. Um, and especially Woods, who really, he was good down the stretch, but didn't really emerge until very late in the year. So in some ways, uh, it's even less of, a, less of a departure for Ohio State. So uh, I, I really like uh, how the roster is made up here and, and who's coming in and out. Um, but with that, why don't we uh, – we talked a little bit about the roster. Um, what what are some of the things you're most excited about? Uh, you know, the, the real reasons Ohio State fans should – you know, what should they put their hat on coming into this season? And then conversely, uh, what are the, you know, biggest thing or two that you're concerned about with regard to this team? Well, I think, you know, not to – repeat something I said a minute ago. I think the thing that's the most exciting for the team is that freshman class because it's been a long time since Ohio State's been able to say they've got a, a recruiting class this strong, maybe going back to, you know, even the Greg Oden, Mike Conley days. Um, so I think it'll be really interesting to see how well those players are able to integrate themselves to the college basketball game and to this lineup. Like you said, don't expect all of them to do it right away, but 
being able to see the future of the program in those players is something I'm really looking forward to. But I'm also really interested to see the development of last year's freshmen. They are they were another fairly well you know ranked team coming in, uh, and they were able to show themselves a little bit during the season because they were frankly, pretty thin at guard, uh, especially Justin Arns is technically a three, but he, you know, Ohio State's twos and threes and even fours pretty much play interchangeably. Um, you know, I mean, I'm excited to see them. Uh, that I, I think the young future of the program is the thing that I'm really excited about with all due respect to Andre and the juniors. They are all, with the exception of maybe Caleb, they're good players. They're even maybe maybe above average, you know, really good players but they're not the, the types of, of folks you necessarily think of as being able to take Ohio State past the, you know, the, the Michigan States, the Michigans, um, the Purdue's uh, of, of the Big Ten. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see where the younger players can go. The, the, the thing that I'm most nervous about is the depth uh, in the front court. Caleb Wesson, as I said, has never been able to stay on the floor for much more than 20, 25 minutes in a game. And and that generally goes down during the Big Ten season as competition and the physicality increases. There isn't somebody really to replace him in terms of the size. It usually goes to Kyle Young, who's significantly um, I mean, he's not shorter necessarily because Caleb's only about six, uh, nine. But Caleb's a wide body and he's a physical guy. He is a down low beneath the rim uh, kind of center. Um, there's no one really to kind of spell him if there is a big-bodied, true center uh, in, in the game that they're playing against. And obviously the Big Ten tends to have those more than a lot of the other Power Five conferences. So the thing that I'm most concerned about is whether they're able to keep Caleb on the floor and if anybody who does replace him down on the block uh, is, is able to stand up against the biggest and the best competition that they're going to face, especially in the Big Ten season. Yeah, I mean, I I hate to repeat uh, every, everything you've said, yeah. but I, I'm kind yeah. of on the on the on the same uh, you know thought process here as far as Ohio State. I think the thing you got to be the most excited about, and I know this is a very general statement, but there are a lot of proven pieces on this team. Ohio State yeah. is effectively returning like four guys who started a lot of games last year on a team that made the NCAA tournament. That is a really nice luxury to have. You know, they got the two Wessons, they got uh, Joe, they got um, uh, Muhammad. Um, and then Kyle Young, too, started a, a decent amount of games, too. You know, I realize yeah. maybe he underachieved a little bit later in the season. But still, you know, you, you have a, a nice group of players that have all started games on a team that was competitive um, nationally. And then you add in, as you said, last year's freshman class, guys that really – I don't think we've seen their best basketball yet. You know, guys like Muhammad, guys like Washington. And then you add in this uber talented freshman class highlighted by, by Carton, who I I've already said, I, I think is going to start. You really start to see, you know, they're going to have three, four high level starters here probably. Um, and then a handful of guys that are going to be able to get you 10 to 15 minutes off the bench without that much difficulty. That's a yeah. really, really good luxury to have. And then of course, Caleb Weston, who, I think it is going to be in the discussion for the best big man in the Big Ten this year. Um, really dynamic player last, uh, last well, both really his, his two, first two seasons um, and expecting to, to take the next step this year as well. On the other hand, um, as far as concerns, <laughs> things that, uh, you know, I think Buckeye fans should be a little concerned about. As you said, the front court depth, 
You know, Wesson had trouble with with fouls at, at times last year. The other thing, too, is, you know, if you look in terms of usage uh, when guys were on the court last year, the offense ran through Wesson. He was the most Absolutely. dominant player with the ball. And when teams had a guy who could defend him or they could defend uh, the entry passes to him, the offense really slogged down. I think that is a big reason why Ohio State, uh, I don't want to say the wheels came off or anything, but faded a bit uh, during Big Ten play yeah. last season. And I no, think, I, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, they especially last year um, when they didn't have the veteran leadership like Keita Bates, Diep, and Jay Sean Tate, the team went how Caleb Wesson went. And if he yeah. went to the bench, uh, they had moments where they were able to string some shots together, but it, it it really kind of threw off what they wanted to have their offensive identity be. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other the other thing I was going to mention too the the second guy in terms of usage last season among you know real contributors uh, was Washington, who finished with an offensive rating of ninety point five, which is uh, if, if you're not an advanced stats guy, uh, is not great. Um, So Ohio State's got to find another guy or two that's going to be able to create offensively, can manage the offense when Weston's on the floor. They got to find some other options. Uh, Not that Caleb Weston isn't a good player, but again, as you said, if you want to beat Michigan State, Michigan, Purdue, teams like that, you're going to need a a few different change-ups in your pitch count, so to speak. Uh, So I I think that's that's what I would be concerned about for Ohio State and specifically thinking – uh, you know, on paper, you look at, you know, some of the rising uh, sophomores and then the freshman class. It's always it's always a little tricky when you're when you're trying to bank on a freshman or something to come <laughs> in and and deliver. So that's that's the concern. But uh, of yeah. course, oh, go ahead. I was just say the, the other thing is, is that Ohio State in the last two years has had really, really strong falls um, and, and kind of surprised and opened eyes. They didn't lose in 2017 until like late January, early February, this season's non-conference schedule is rough. They open with Cincinnati, they host Villanova, they play uh, North Carolina in Chapel Hill, they play West Virginia and Kentucky in, in neutral site games. So they are, they are playing a lot of not only Power 5 non-conference opponents, but some fairly big power five opponents too. So that probably won't necessarily get them the opportunity to climb the rankings early in the season before they get to the big 10 slate. But what it might do is give those younger players, the freshmen and the sophomores opportunities to really compete against top line talent before they might normally, if they were just playing the Purdue Fort Wayne's and Morgan States that a lot of the times, you know, power five schools play a ton of in the non-conference, obviously, Everyone has two or three marquee games, but Ohio State has four or five uh, before they even get to January. So I think that could be maybe a disadvantage in terms of maybe the early perceptions of the team from a national perspective, but could really end up paying dividends down the season as Ohio State really competes into the Big Ten season, especially into February and March. Great minds, great minds think alike. Uh, I was going to just move to the schedule after this, so you're you're a step ahead. Sorry, of me. I'm stealing your um, notes. Yeah, no, no, it's it's great. It makes less work for me. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, Ohio State has a really difficult schedule this year. Um, as, as I always say on these podcasts, with the 20 game Big Ten slate, and considering just how good the Big Ten has been the last couple of years. There's not really a lot to break down. We kind of all know what to expect. It's going to be brutal. You're going to play about everybody twice. Um, but the non-conference 
at North Carolina, uh, Villanova at home, and Cincinnati, who has been sneaky good the last couple of years. I know Ohio State uh, picked them off in Cincinnati last season, um, but little, a little extra fire there with the in-state feel there. And then, of course, Kentucky and West Virginia, the closeout non-conference play. Um, both of those games on neutral courts. The West Virginia one, oddly, in Cleveland, a little bit of a, a weird one there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's loaded. It's going to be difficult. And if Ohio State can have one of these uh, hot starts to the season like they've had under Holtman so far, uh, you're going to be in pretty good position uh, for the tournament before you even hit um, January there. But, but with that, um, why, why don't we get into, um, before we get to, you know, everybody's favorite part of the predictions and, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, as far as the lineup is concerned, we talked about, you know, some guys who might be able to start. Um, do you have a prediction on, on what you think the lineup is going to look like at this point? Um, and if so, uh, who do you have starting? Um, I, I obviously I said the Wesson brothers, I think will both start. Uh, I think you will probably see, um, I think you'll see Kyle Young start just, uh, if he's healthy, he's had some injuries. He hasn't been able to practice as much. He was a part of the team's media day. Um, I'm not sure when this is airing, but on the 24th. Um, so he was there, he was able to participate, but he, he hasn't been able to necessarily practice as much. So depending on his availability, I could see him starting. If he doesn't, I think they'll probably put Andre at the four and maybe go with, um, maybe more guard heavy to start the season, but um, I'm going to assume that K, uh, that Kyle Young does start. So I'd go Andre Wesson. Well, I'll go Caleb at the five, and, uh, Kyle at the four, Andre at the three. Um, I would go Luther Muhammad uh, at the two, and I would say C.J. Walker just to start at the at the point. But mm-hmm. you think D.J. Carton could? Um, I could see Musa Jallo getting in there as well. Musa Jallo is yeah. an interesting guy. He reclassified a couple years ago to come in in 2017 he was a 17-year-old until November of his freshman season so he's actually playing his third season but really is only a sophomore in terms of age so uh, but he's shown moments and he's gotten a lot of starts uh, early in his career even though I don't know that everyone thought he should but I'll go (laughs) Caleb, Kyle Young, Andre, uh, Luther Muhammad and CJ Walker but like you said the great thing about this team is that for the first time since maybe two or three years before Thad Mata left, they have depth and they have options, which is not yeah. something that we've been able to say about an Ohio State basketball team for, you know, four, five, six years now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there are three guys who are just about locks to start at this point. That's the two Wessons and uh, Muhammad. I, I think those three guys are going to be in the starting lineup, barring injury. Um, and it's basically about who who's going to be the best two guys around them. You know, if it is young, uh, Andre Wesson, I think, will slide down to the three with Young at the four. Um, if it's not Young and, and, you know, it's Jallo or uh, Carton or, or somebody like that, or maybe Washington, uh, things will move around from there. My my prediction at this point, as I said, I think Carton's going to start at point. I think uh, Muhammad's going to be alongside him. And then, yeah, I'm probably with you as far as Kyle Young. I, I think it's going to be the two Wessons and then Young starting up front. Um, but it's going to be a close battle on some of these guys. And as you saw last season, uh, you may get a couple guys switch in and out depending on how they're playing and, and maybe matchup specific even for a couple of games. So it should be interesting to follow. Um, but with that, uh, why don't, why don't we get to the everybody's favorite part uh, season predictions? 
Um, I'm not going to ask you to do anything crazy and, you know, predict, predict every game <laughs> or a specific record or, or anything like that. Um, but what's your sense as far as what this team is going to do this season? Uh, do you have them making it back to the NCAA tournament? If so, uh, any idea on how far you, you kind of would project them? And generally, just what are your expectations for this season? Yeah, I, I think that this is the year, the, the first time in a couple of years uh, that I can really say that I have some some not super high expectations for the Buckeye team, but I've got some expectations for them. You know, I I imagine that they will be able to compete for not that very, very tippy top super elite tier in the Big Ten, but that next grouping. I don't know that they're going to be at the top of that next grouping, but I think they have the ability to compete for a spot to make it in there in that next group of three or so teams. So I, I would imagine that on their ceiling, they might be able to, to maybe be like the four seed, uh, maybe just the five seed in the Big Ten tournament. I, I think that's very realistic for this team, especially when you're thinking that a lot of their, their contributors are probably still going to be fairly young. Um, but I, I definitely think they're a tournament team. I think this is a better athletic team than Chris Holtman has had. And he's had, like you said, two teams not only make it to the NCAA tournament, but also win their first games and make it to the round of 32. So I, I imagine that they are going to be an NCAA tournament team. I think that they'll probably shock some, uh, you know, maybe one or two of the big dogs in the Big Ten at some point. They seem to do that, uh, you know, once a year, and everyone loves it, especially when it's uh, when it's Michigan. So there, that's nothing, nothing wrong with that. But um, yeah, I, I think that they'll they'll be a thorn in some sides. They'll beat the teams they probably should beat maybe pick off one or two that they're not supposed to beat and maybe win one or two of those tough non-conference games and put themselves in a position to be a, you know, a six or a seven seed uh, going into the big dance, especially because I think the big 10 is still going to be one of the best, if not the best conferences in college basketball this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think this, this year heading into the big 10 season, I mean, this isn't going to be any shocking take, I think Michigan State is head and shoulders uh, above yeah. everybody else. But, uh, you know, Maryland probably has the best roster uh, of anybody else outside of East Lansing uh, for the Big Ten this year. But um, outside of that, I mean, Ohio State's going to be in the mix uh, w with all of those teams. Uh, that's that's kind of my projection in my, my early power rankings for this offseason. I had them third. I haven't really adjusted it, you know, now that we're into the fall yet. Um, but I, I think they're going to be third, fourth, fifth, somewhere around there. I think they have yeah. more than enough pieces to get back to the NCAA tournament. This time, I don't. I think they're going to have a, a more respectable seed than the 11 they had last year and hopefully avoid <laughs> um, somebody like Iowa State and Houston in, in the first weekend. Um, but – Really, the ceiling on this team is going to depend on, you know, what we were talking about earlier, which is they got to get another offensive playmaker, a guy who can dominate possessions when need be. When things are going wrong, other guys are hitting shots, they can take over. Because I say this probably every um, but if you want to know who the best teams are in the Big Ten, look at the all Big Ten lists, and it's basically going to be who, who has the best players. And <laughs> realize it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy there but um you know Ohio State's got one potential big time star in, in Caleb Wesson can they get the second because I think the second is when you start uh you're going to start being able to compete and potentially beat teams like Michigan State Purdue uh Maryland uh that kind of group but I, I like this roster as I said I think it has a lot of potential especially when you add a recruiting class 
um, like they have really, really the last two seasons. Um, but with that, I, I think Buckeye fans should be pretty excited as far as the hoops season goes. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it should be a, a, a good team. Um, again, not going to predict a, a big 10 title or anything like that, just because Michigan state exists <laughs> this yeah, year. They're that good. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it, it should be interesting. Um, but, uh, but Matt, before I let you go here and again, thanks for, for your time this evening. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, let everyone know again where they can check you out. And then if you have any final thoughts as far as Ohio State and, and the Big Ten, uh, speak now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I'm from Land Grant Holy Land, the Ohio State blog for SB Nation. You can follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at Land Grant 33. You can find me on Twitter at BWW Matt, BWW M-A-T-T. Um, we'll be doing a lot of stuff both on the site, on Twitter, and in our podcast feed. So Feel free to subscribe there as well if you would like. Um, and I, I just think this Ohio State team is going to be fun. Uh, one of the things that Chris Holtman has been able to do that was severely lacking in the latter years of the Thad Mata era was make the team fun to watch, um, not just in terms of the style of play, but the the players that were on the team were just fun personalities on the court. Um, and I think that that's something where – when you've got a 30 plus game season, that makes a big deal to fans. Um, is is the style of play entertaining? Are the are the dudes entertaining and, and, and compelling and people you want to invest your time in? And, and for someone like me who's going to watch every game, whether that's true or not, not you know not as important. But I think for a lot of fans out there who might be saying, yeah, I want to get into basketball. I know they've been good the last few years. I think they'll be rewarded with not only what they see on the court in terms of X's and O's in production but also in terms of effort and personality as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think this should be a, a really exciting team. I think it should be one of the better ones in the Big Ten, um, and it should be a, a fun season. Um, but with that, highly recommend it if you're an Ohio State guy or, or someone interested in Ohio State hoops or football or what have you, uh, check out Land Grant, check out Matt. Uh, we appreciate them coming on. Um, as always, uh, again, my name is Thomas Bendit. You can follow me on Twitter at tbendit. Uh, check out BT Powerhouse. We have all our season preview coverage coming. And subscribe and rate the podcast positively. Again, if you're not going to rate it positively, don't rate it at all. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Words to live by. Yes, but uh, but with that, we'll see you all next time. Thanks. <laughs>